welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, a show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. On this episode of the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast, we host guest Morgan Sedgwick. Morgan owns Jedi Painting Pros, a residential repaint company based in Hawaii. Morgan discusses her journey as a female entrepreneur and how she is using the trades to better the lives of other young women and men around her. She talks about why she is able to consistently book interior repaints for higher prices than her competitors, and she provides some interesting insights into the unique challenges she faces by operating a painting business in Hawaii. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Morgan, thank you very much for being on the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure. So where your what's the name of your company? Let's start with that. Uh, Jedi Painting Pros, LLC. Jedi Painting Pros, LLC. And where are you based? I am based out of Kamwela, Hawaii on the Big Island. So now, I, so I say Hawaii wrong, I guess. Hawaii is how you're supposed well, to Well, yeah. I mean, I've been here for yeah. like 20 years. So it's Hawaii, Hawaii, technically, because the W is pronounced with a V if you're actually oh, speaking wow. Hawaii, Hawaiian. So, okay. Yeah. Man, you came out, came out swinging. That's, I think that's the fastest I've learned something on one of these podcast episodes. <laughs> oh. Where, where your nice. company is based. I love it. Uh, so so what what do you guys specialize in at Jedi Painting Pros? Uh, we specialize in fine detail, high-end work. Uh, we're not opposed to doing, you know, just putting paint on a house to make it look nice to sell, but I prefer to shy away from that stuff. I use that as more like filler work because what I've built my name on is my attention to detail and just really high-end prep to finish we, we specialize in just doing it right basically no matter what surface we're painting and are you guys exclusively residential or do you do commercial as well uh, i do commercial as well but predominantly residential okay and then uh is it interior exterior do you do cabinets what all do you do everything everything i do okay. interior exterior cabinets uh i paint metal I've done a lot of refinishing of certain old metal. Like people will give me, for instance, we had a project that was like 40 
two sets of metal doors in their tracks that were had glass in the middle and they were repurposing them and we just found used boat automotive paint and repainted all of them wow pretty okay. much i'm like what do you got challenge accepted yeah you'll, you'll adapt yep. that's great so you had sent me a little uh a bio that was pretty interesting. I'd love it if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got into painting. Uh, well, my whole life, I've loved to paint just on canvases. I was an artist and I was like, it was always very promoted in my family because my parents are like hippies, you know? <laughs> and uh, my dad was a contractor and a builder. My mom was a musician artist. And um, I was always on job sites when I was a little girl. So my earliest memories are like with my dad on a job site, spackling a staircase with a little putty knife, you know, like that was my weekend with my dad after my parents separated, you know, he'd take me to the job sites and stuff. And I have seven brothers. So of course I ended up in construction being a tomboy. And when I moved to Hawaii with like 50 bucks, a backpack and a broken heart, like 20 years ago, this January, I just was like, what am I going to do with myself? And I was in Florida before I came here. I'm from Washington originally. And I was in Florida before I came here. And everybody was like, why are you leaving Florida and going to Hawaii? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's it's Hawaii. Like, you know, it's, it's either Hawaii or California. And I flipped a coin and I was like, Hawaii. Yeah. Like, thank you, coin, for telling me to go to Hawaii. So a lot of major life decisions based on flipping coins sounds crazy, but brought me here. Entrepreneur. And I was on a um, organic hippie, organic farm where no one was farming. And the manager of the farm and the owner was like, hey, do you want to be the manager? And I was like, sure. And then he's like, I was like, do you have any work for me? Like, I've been applying at all these positions, like dishwasher, whatever I can find in this little town of Pahala on the east side. And no one would hire me because I was overqualified. And I was like, well, shit, you know, like, I just want to work and make money. And then this uh, old uncle came up to me and was like, do you know how to paint? You know how to use a sander? And I was like, sure. My dad was a contractor. I've done a little bit of it, you know, and that started my painting career and I've been painting ever since. Wow. That's amazing. That's uh... I talk fast. If I'm talking too fast, just let me know. Motormouth Morgan has been my nickname since I was little. So no, it's good. You're in the right place. We want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The, the flipping coin is definitely a new one on the show. It's a yeah, big life I... decision. I do a lot of coin flipping. When I can't make a decision, I'm like, fuck it, I'm flipping a coin. Yeah, you got me thinking about that for myself now. I like that. It's a good it's a good, uh, good way to figure things out, you know? <laughs> yeah, and just go with it. So when, uh, when did you found Jedi Painting Pros officially? So legally, I became incorporated as an LLC in 2016. Okay. However, I had been painting just by myself and with like, helpers you know here and there and since I got here when I was 22 so roughly eight this is like my 19th year on island painting and um I started calling it Jedi about six months in so I mean I really don't have an exact timeline but roughly 18 19 years ago it became Jedi painting pros and I was basically hanging out with a bunch of hippies in the woods and we were like I do fire spinning and stuff. And so we were like spinning fire and choreographing it to like do a fire show at a wedding for these people down there. And I was like, man, I got to think of a name for my company. And I was like, rock star painting. And someone's like, nope, somebody's already got it over on the West side. And I was like, well, fuck. 
And um, I have a sailor's mouth. Feel free to edit that out. That's all right. Yeah, it's okay. But, um, and so I was like, well, why not Jedi then? You know, like just stealth mode painting. And so that's how it became Jedi painting. And that was, yeah, I mean, roughly 18, 19 years ago. I love it. And so this is your first year where you're essentially at that $1 million mark then. Yes, absolutely. It's my first year. The The company grew exponentially throughout the pandemic. And what do you attribute that to? Uh, well, as we all know, during the pandemic, everybody was like home doing projects myself. I did a kitchen remodel, you know, and a bathroom yeah. remodel at my own home. Um, so, I mean, a lot of that was just people bored, seeing that they wanted to do things and spending money. Also in Hawaii, we're blessed. I mean, there's like a, a up and a downside. Like a lot of us are like, oh man, it's being gentrified or being inundated with people from SoCal, but they're really nice people. You know, all the Silicon Valley people are coming up, at least to my kind of neighborhood where I live in Waimea, Camp. it's either Waimea or Camuela, they call it. But um, because there's one of the best private schools up here on the island, both of them actually. So we've got an influx of people buying residential homes on Snob Hill, if you will, is what everybody in the area calls it, you know? Yeah. And, um, but they're all very lovely people and super down to earth. And they've been a great source of, you know, growth and revenue, all these people moving here. Yeah. And I then bet. all the people in like the Hualalai, Kukio area, it's called, who are super nice. And they've just done a lot more maintenance on their homes. And, you know, I mean, the, the one percenters, right? Like, yeah. All these one percenters that live on the big island or that are moving here have really, I feel like, been an amazing source of revenue for all the construction companies on the island. They've really, when we lost tourism, those people were here, you know, hiding out for the pandemic, you know, or just kind of escaping from the mayhem on the mainland, a lot of them. And they really helped the local economy. Was, we're all really grateful for them. Plus, they're all really nice people. So that's, that's great. kind of how it helped, what helped me grow here at least, you know? Yeah. So you, you had mentioned something about being a, you know, female uh, painting business owner and how you like to help other females. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. I, um, I find that women are amazing painters. They learn quick, they're clean, they're tidy. And I really like, Taking certain young women who maybe are just waitressing or working at farms and don't know how to use a screwdriver or a a screw gun or anything or even paint anything and saying, hey, like, you don't have to just, you know, work in retail or whatever if you want and you're an artist and you want to try it out, you know, I'd love to teach you. And so I like taking young women and young men. I, I do have some young men that I've taught and that have been with the company or decided to go in a different direction or I had to decide that they went in a different direction these things happen yeah and um but yeah I just really enjoy the the female dynamic and I find that homeowners are very receptive to it they almost feel safer with uh women in their homes with all of their personal possessions and things like that then they've even just they've told me that they've been like oh because you're women not just because we want to support women but we want to hire you guys because we feel safer yeah. And um, it's just, it's interesting, you know, I don't necessarily love the sexism about it, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. We live well, women, a- women don't steal, Morgan, that's science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, kidding. we all know that's a lie. There's probably a <laughs> lot of women in prison right now, for sure. but um, they're probably meth heads too. 
Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I just love hiring women. I love the dynamic. It's really fun too. Like it's nice to, I think for them, at least the feedback I get from my female employees that the way I lead is with compassion and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, people make mistakes and, you know, a lot of people have had bosses that are just super hard on them when they mess up, you know, and right. all that kind of, I'm just really, I'm just really gentle. I'm like, look, I fucked up too. Like I made mistakes and that's how I learned how to be a better painter. Like I didn't have anybody yeah. to teach me. I just figured it out on the fly over the years. And you know, I, I don't know, just as a woman leading women, I think it's just a nice, like warm environment, you know, it's a different kind of environment than other construction jobs I've been on where it's all men, you know? Sure. No, it's definitely, definitely a bit different than the norm. What, um, what is your, your, uh, employee model? Is it employees? Is it contractors? How do you do that? Um, employ are they W2? Model, I'm sorry. Can you, can you ask? Yeah. Are, are, are you, do you, do you have them on a W2? Are you 1099? Oh yeah, they're or? employees. They're employees. They're 100% employees. I offer 401ks, paid vacations, wow, okay. medical, dental, drug, and vision. Like in the state of Hawaii, you have to have a, a contracting license, whether it's a class, I'm a class C. So I'm a subcontractor. And then okay. I have like a general contractor hires me, so on and so forth. So in Hawaii, if a general contractor or even a class C subcontractor hires someone who is not an employee or another subcontractor who's licensed, you can lose your license for aiding and abetting. So it's like wow. if I was to hire someone as, and that wasn't licensed to paint, that wasn't an employee, I could lose my license or be fined pretty pretty heavily regulated there though it's pretty heavy, heavily regulated and i think that yeah. that's crucial in a small island environment where there's a lot of competition yeah you know yeah no it makes sense uh so how are you i mean it sounds like it might be relationship driven but how are you getting the majority of your business all word of mouth okay you know like i mean i would say there's like maybe one percent of the phone calls i get are from my website and from people finding me on Google because of my reviews. I did experiment the last couple of years with like the Better Business Bureau hooked me in. And then, I mean, that's done nothing for me. Nothing. And then, I mean, really like my husband thinks I should keep it for whatever reason. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm paying this fee. Like it's not doing anything for me. My husband, full disclaimer, has nothing to do with painting. He is a golfer. He's a caddy. He knows nothing about this stuff. So yeah. I get a lot of phone calls. I'm going to segue. I get a lot of phone calls from people and they're like, oh, so you and your husband run this business or do you just do the management? You and do the marketing. Work? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, sir. No, he's not a no, golf. I'm, I'm the yeah. painter, but thanks for, yours. you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, thank you. Um, but thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. But thanks for that. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, yeah, congratulations on, on finding so much success recently. I know you said that, that you're aiming for 1.5 million next yeah. year. That, that's a, that's a great goal. What's your, do you think word of mouth alone is going to get you there or what, what's your plan? Yeah. Word of mouth alone will get me there. I mean, I am booked through, I mean, essentially through June next year. I'm booked That's solid. fantastic. That is a, a long time to be booked solid. Are you thinking like, about adding even... additional painters or, or are you just going to not do I'm that? I'm trying. Yeah. But as we all know, in every profession across the lands, 
employees yep. are in oh. high demand and there's a shortage of them. So you need to get, you need to get some of those uh, SoCal one percenters out there with you, paint some houses. I know, I know, right? Yeah. I um I, I did recently hire a nice young girl and and she's great. She moved over here from Austin with her husband and she's just been incredible. So so hardworking and so sweet and such a positive attitude. And I really like her and hope she stays with the company. And yeah, as far as um, growing the company with employees goes, that's the hardest part. Like I think mm -hmm. I can increase my revenue to two mil gross income by next year if I could just find the employee base to keep up with all of the work that I'm getting I have to turn down jobs you know and yeah. it's unfortunate I used to yeah. be the painting company that was like yeah you need a dunch we'll be your fucking heroes we'll come in we'll get it done for you in four days no problem in and out you need it done yesterday sure I got you and now I have to say I my apologies I can't fit you in until next maybe next April I could squeeze something small in yeah you know? yeah good that problem is to have but I also like I want to help everybody. I want to paint everybody's house, not just for the money, but because I know that we're going to do a good job and it's going to last, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been um, a theme. I think, as we all know, the, the labor shortage, I think some people are a little bit more bought into it than others in, in terms mm -hmm. of, of whether that actually is a, const a constraint. Uh, now, Hawaii though, I do believe is probably an anomaly in terms of what you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's a, an overall housing shortage for people that live here because the like rent rates and mortgage rates are just so high right now that a lot of people that work here can't find places that are affordable to live. Yeah. Hawaii is, uh, I mean, it's, it's almost the most expensive place in the country, isn't it? Or, or at least very I close. I think so. Like maybe New York city rivals, you know, it. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty, but I think New York though, there, there's a, still a good amount of, of affordable housing and there are a lot of multifamily, you know, apartment units and whatnot, but. Right. It's true. Hawaii. I mean, it's coveted land, it's limited and there's only so much that can be developed or that is developed and yeah, everything's expensive to ship here. And so everything is exponentially more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. So what are, what are some of the mistakes you've been doing this for a while and, and you're, you know, really seeing the fruits of your labor. What are some of the mistakes that you've made along the way? not charging enough. Interesting. Like I, I have money guilt because I come from a very humble blue collar, you know, family. I mean, my family doesn't have money. I mean, mm. I send my mom money. My mom doesn't really have much at all. You know, I try to send her money and help her out when I can and buy her groceries and stuff, you know, and my dad's fine, you know, but I don't come from money. So it's, um, where did I say I'm uh, sidetracking here? What was, what was the question again? Yeah, no, it, it's what um, mistakes have you made along the way? Yeah, not charging enough because I have money guilt. So yeah. I, I, I feel bad for people and I, I'm like, oh, well, I want to give you the best deal possible. And so I, I bid it under, you know, or I charge yeah. them a low hourly wage. But my labor burden with workman's comp and state and all the taxes, all the food to suit, everything that's tacked on, you know, and HR fees yeah. and, you know, the list goes on in Hawaii, it's you know, our state tax, everything, it just makes it really hard to make painting affordable and still make a decent profit margin. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. How did you mentally move past that? I mentally still haven't a hundred percent moved past that, but, um, <laughs> I probably still give too good of a deal, yeah. but I, I had to raise my rates because I realized that if I wanted to start paying people more, even a 
like starting wages have had to go up, for instance, you know, like I Mm -hmm. used to start people to train with no experience at 15 bucks an hour and then give them raises, uh, you know, depending on their efficiency level and how well they learn and so on and so forth. So now I just, I really had to get over it because I have to start charging people more to pay people more to live well. And I don't, you know, like, I don't want to, you can't live off 15 bucks an hour, especially in Hawaii anymore. You used to be able to, but you can't anymore. Yeah. I think, and I think that's a great um, mindset shift too, to, to realize that if you're offering too good of a deal, that, that money's coming from someone and it'll be coming from your employees. Yeah. And I, I give back to my employees as much as possible. I mean, I give them bonuses. I give them profit sharings. If I bid a job and they go in and just slay it and the profit margin is huge, I'll kick them all 500 bucks. Everybody who's on the job, let's give them an extra $500 bonus. Like there was eight people on a job in June last year and everybody got 500 extra dollars. I'm not greedy. I'm not trying to keep all the money. Yeah. Like they're working hard. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, what are you typically aiming for with your profit margins? I, I, I would, because taxes are so high, like my gross profit margin needs to be somewhere around 35%. Okay. You know, and is that, and that's is a that, low point. Is that similar to other painting company owners where you are in Hawaii? I don't really know. Hmm. I don't, I don't really talk to them much about that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, really there's a couple other big painting contractors that I know, but we don't really discuss those kind of things other than we just are all like in agreement that it's hard to hire new people. You know, yeah. like find good painters. Got it. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm it, not it may sure. be, it may be worth exploring, you know, exploring that conversation or, or even, uh, I mean, it sounds like you really like to help people. It may, may even be worth forming some sort of a, an association or, you know, yeah. informal group. Um, yeah. That's a good point. Interesting. So then uh, I guess I know you mentioned labor. Labor is probably your biggest issue. Uh, mm-hmm. what's the, what, what would you say your second biggest issue right now that, that you're facing with your painting company is? Well, the supply chain issue, you know, Why, that's the, again, everything exacerbated, right? Second biggest issue. I mean, like right now I can't get a product for cabinets that I use that I know and that I trust to refit it, to repaint cabinets. Yeah. I can't get it. It's not in, maybe it's coming in December 28th. Maybe oh it's goodness. not, we don't know. Yeah. Um, now, do you, do you, I mean, you seem pretty chill. You've been in Hawaii for a long time, but I, I would imagine some of the maybe new arrivals to Hawaii maybe don't share that mindset. Do you find that your customers are a little bit more easygoing, a little bit more kind of roll with whatever happens than you would, you would think happens on the mainland or, or what do you think about that? Yeah, maybe. I mean, a lot of the customers here are really chill and they've been super understanding and kind about the pandemic setbacks. I mean, Anytime someone gets a sniffle, I got to be like, okay, we got to get a COVID test. And then, you know, that can take five days before they get results. And then it can take 10 days if they're like, I don't want to get a COVID test because they're one of those people. I'm just like, I don't care if you're a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer. I'm not going to force anything. You know, I'm not going to force you to get a test. If you'd rather quarantine and miss 10 days of work, I'm going to roll with the punches. But the homeowners then like my schedule gets exponent, just set back. And I have to be like, my apologies, you know, and they're all very understanding. They're all like, yep, we know this pandemic, you know, it sets things back. So yeah, I think people out here are really chill. I don't really know what it's like in the mainland. I only painted a little bit there and some houses in Mexico when I was younger traveling in my Volkswagen bus. But um, 
yeah. as far as I know, like, yeah, people are pretty chill out here and I'm pretty grateful for that. I hope that other painting contractors in the mainland have really nice clients too. You know, I hope everybody's yeah. being nice to everybody, you know? Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. And then, um, so you're having the, the labor issues, um, material shortage issues. What is mm -hmm. going best for you? What's just easy, just crushing it right now? Um, my crew, my crew is crushing it. They are fucking amazing. And I am so lucky to have them. Like my two, four women are so great at communicating and both two completely different personalities. One of them's more like me, super like aggressive type A, go, go, go. Like That's the other you? one's like, yeah, oh, I'm super oh. type A. Like when I'm oh. working, I'm like different, okay. different person. Okay. Boss I was like, I don't, I don't think I've been talking with that person yet, but okay. No, I'm like a jokester too. Like I, okay. I, I I'm like, <laughs> I'm practicing my stand up comedy with the crew. I like joke around. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill, but I'm also very serious. But, um, yeah. So one of my four women is just like very, you know, very militant. And I love that about her. She's an incredible manager in that respect. And the other one is incredible because she's like, yeah, I mean, like everything's good. It's cool. So like some stuff broke, you know, like this paint bucket, but it's okay. She's like, yeah, you know, I don't know why these homeowners want us to paint flat in their bathrooms. You know, she's just so, she's so funny and nice and sweet and she, you know, and, and she manages things. She's like, well, you know, so-and-so came to work today and they were obviously hung over and being kind of slow. And so I just let them go early because I could tell they needed to rest and they weren't going to be productive, you know? And the other ones, like they came hung over and I was like, what the F is happening? You need to not drink so much before you come to work the next day, you know? So, but they're just incredible leaders in their own ways. And the crew is amazing. And all the guys and all the girls are just, they're, they're what's killing it most right now. They're the best thing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. How many painters do you have? Uh, I have including myself 10 right now. Okay. And have you, so, so what is your role? So you're a painter and then what else do you, do you have different people who do, who handle different roles or do you basically do all the administrative stuff? I do all the admin. Um, I have an accountant and a CPA, like a bookkeeper to do all okay. that kind of stuff. Cause I'm just not, not a math person, you know, I mean, I can do bids yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to all the, you know, it's why they have people that do that, you know, it's why <laughs> it counts. is, it is. Yeah. Um, but I do all the bidding, meeting with clients. I do all the billing. I do all the payroll, all the scheduling, all that kind of stuff. Well, I have an HR service that I use pro service and they're incredible. Okay. Um, but I still, you know, look over all of the time cards. I separate all that, enter it and send it to them to issue paychecks and whatnot. Um, I also paint in the field when I can. I really still enjoy it. I don't want to just do admin. I love painting. I love the feeling of cutting lines, you know, just in there. I love it. I love rolling walls and getting up on roofs and painting gable ends and the beautiful views because we're in Hawaii and there's oh, always yeah. an ocean everywhere. And, you know... Yeah, I mean, I do it all, and I, I don't want that to ever stop, you know, until maybe I'm too old or whatever, right. and it's too much aches and pains to really be in the field, but. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's interesting. That's a, a point that we, we kind of address a lot with different painting company owners on the show is, is what did you have to delegate first? What do you plan to delegate? And, and, you know, sometimes what do you not want to fully give up, you know, and, and yeah. if you're a true craftsman, if you really like painting, then might be a piece you want to keep, but as you're kind of looking outward and you're seeing 1.5, 2 million, you know, numbers that you haven't been at before, do you foresee having to, to increase the, the number of things that you delegate? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess to fully answer that question, I, I like I have my two four women, and that just really happened in October, where I was like, okay, look, I'm going to give you guys both substantial raises. I'm going to give you more responsibility. Um, delegating out them managing jobs more than me managing all the jobs. So giving them jobs to manage is stuff I'm, I, I foresee having more four women in the future or foremen, mm -hmm. you know, there mm -hmm. may be a foreman in the future. And um, I've thought about hiring on someone to do the office work, but it's hard for me to let go of that because I type up such detailed bids and estimates and I have a specific way of doing it, which I've gotten a lot of feedback from my customers saying that they really, mm. really, they chose my company over someone else's, even though maybe I cost more because they liked how thorough I was and they felt more comfortable with me painting their house because my, you know, meeting them in person, the way I handled it, the questions I asked them and the estimate I gave them was so thorough. So I don't know how I would train someone else to do that. Yeah. It's so I don't know if that would years. ever. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I mean, eventually I probably will be in the field a lot less and it will mostly be other people painting. Right. You know, that's, um, yeah. What is the the biggest blunder that you have ever made with a customer and how did you handle it? So that happened. I pride myself in always being on time and being an excellent communicator. Um, and about a year and a half ago, whatever it was, July 25th, 2020, some guy rear ends me. I was stopped waiting to make a left-hand turn. Some guy rear ends me, herniates discs in my neck, like some severe whiplash happening. So I was down, I was out. It was about three months after that. And I was, you know, I was up and about driving, doing stuff again, but still not able to lift and do a lot and still kind of just generally out of it, been getting a lot, had been getting a lot of headaches. And I had some clients call me, made an appointment with them. And... I forgot to go to the meeting. I forgot wow. to put an alarm in my phone. I forgot to put it in my calendar to go. You know what I mean? I just mm -hmm. got off the phone with them with a headache when they called and forgot to put it in, forgot to set that alarm. So these, these were estimates? Meeting. What's that? These were estimates, these meetings? It was to meet with clients for a new potential job. Okay. And I missed it. And they called me and I said, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Uh, I am fully embarrassed. And I was like, let me be transparent because I didn't know how else to handle it. And I said, yeah. I, when you called, I had a headache. I told them the truth. I said, when is the next most convenient time for you? I'll rearrange my schedule. That's how I handled it. I showed up, you know, three days later, I said, you got it. That's the best time for you. I'll be there. I showed up. I went over the bid with them. I drove home and I immediately home typed up the estimates and sent it to them like within an hour of leaving because nice. I didn't know how else to make it up to them because I was so shamed that I forgot to meet a client for the first time. So that's the biggest mistake I've ever made. And they hired me to do the job. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, you, you owned it, you know, you fully owned it. You, you yeah. explain what happened and then you prioritize them to make up for it. I don't think yeah. you can handle it better than that. Well, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so I guess, how do you, how do you see, this is a bit more of a, uh, a visionary type question, I guess, but how do you foresee the painting industry changing moving forward? Or do you see it changing? You know, 
I read that in the little pre-podcast thing and I was like how how do I even see it changing and I guess what I hope to see changing is less volatile organic compounds in paints that last just as long and that are as good a quality as the oil-based products especially for exterior wood surfaces because what I find a lot is people want to be switching to these more eco water-based exterior products but they're not they don't last I can't stand by them and so I'm hoping that the people who make the paint you know and the chemists out there can do that so that painters for one painters are less exposed to chemicals have less uncomfortable PPE to wear I mean those respirators suck they leave an (laughs) uncomfortable line on your nose your face is all like, you know, got the mark on it. It pulls on your neck. It's miserable. And, but there's certain products and certain jobs that we have to use. For instance, the PPG Pro Lux, which is used to be the Sickens. And Sickens is great for exterior stuff. And it's the predominant, you know, product to go to, especially here in Hawaii on the exterior homes along the coast. But it's extremely toxic. I've called the company itself about the SDS sheets. I've called 3M about respiratory protection and, the way it permeates and this and that. And I mean, it's nasty stuff, you know? And so I'm hoping that the future of paint involves better products that are less volatile for the painters and for the environment. I hope it becomes more environmentally conscious. Yeah. Paint painters have been rocking the COVID face where before it was cool before everyone yeah. else was doing it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I've had mask knee <laughs> for years, you know, yeah. people are like, Oh, mask knee. I'm all Shh, whatever. Bitch, please, I've been dealing with this stuff for years. Like, always wearing dust masks, having irritated skin. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. And then do you have any other advice for painting company owners that are are smaller or maybe just getting started and and they want to cross that million-dollar threshold? What advice can you offer them? Well, you know, do a good job. Show up show up on time. And by on time, I mean 10 to 15 minutes early. Cause if you're not 10 to 15 minutes early, you're late, you know, okay. and be accountable, do a good job, be clean. Don't leave drips everywhere. Just be, if you're a good painter, you show up, you're not drinking, doing drugs, not showed up on hungover. You wear clean whites, even if you got some paint on them, but just look clean, presentable, nice, right? Like These are all things, even as a homeowner for myself, like when I hire other contractors to do anything at my home and I'm getting three bids from people, I'm going to hire the person that looks a lot cleaner and that's more presentable and well-spoken. Yeah. Then I'm going to hire the person who's, you know, a little rougher. And it's not like I'm trying to be superficial, but that's who I'm going to feel safer with painting my home. So I think as far as anybody who wants to grow your company, I mean, the best way is word of mouth. And by doing a really, really good job and fair pricing, not overpricing and not underpricing, because if you underprice, you're going to end up either A, doing a shitty job because you're pressing yourself and pushing yourself to get the job done so you don't lose your ass, you know, or you're going to end up asking for more money from the client, which makes for an awkward conversation and nobody likes to do that. That's terrible. No homeowner wants to hear that. Like, oh, well, why did you give me this solid lump sum bid if now it's going to cost more? You know, so I think just 
managing your money properly, bidding things correctly, being transparent, open and honest with, with future clients and doing a great job is the best way to grow your business. That's what I did. That's how I've become successful. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fantastic advice. That trust factor is so huge. It's yeah. so huge. Do you have anything else that you uh, would like to talk about or convey? Uh, no, I mean, no, I think I'm good. I think I talked a lot already. <laughs> no, it, it was amazing. You're, you're definitely the, uh, it's a bit of an anomaly, the whole Hawaii um, culture. You know, this, you're the first painter on the podcast from Hawaii. And uh, I feel a little out of my element because I'm not 100% sure how everything works there, but I know it is quite different. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not really sure how it all works on the mainland. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, a lot of times I'm like, fuck, am I behind the times? Like, what's, you know, like, there's a lot of products that we don't get out here because the Home Depot, the Lowe's hardware, the Ace hardware, or the HPM, local Hawaiian, you know, Home Depot version of Hawaiian Home Depot, basically, they only get us what we get us. You know, and we have Sherwin-Williams, but, you know, they're not they're not bringing in the same stuff that I see when I go to the mainland and I go to a home Depot to visit and we visit my family or something. I'm like, Oh, we don't have that in Hawaii. I'm like, Oh yeah. But bringing it in is a pain in the butt or expensive. So I hear you. I'm like, I was kind of worried about it. I was like, well, is he going to ask me stuff about like that? I'm not going to know because I, I don't know a lot of mainland painting stuff, you know? Yeah. No, it's, this has definitely been interesting. It's almost like a, like a cross cultural type podcast episode here or something. Right. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool. Morgan, this was amazing. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being so open with everything. And, and I also appreciate what you're doing for young people and, and young women, especially in Hawaii. And, and thank you thank for you. Uh, caring about the eco-friendliness of, of painters and everyone and, and trying to advance the industry for the better. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.